I'm just going to double check. 123. 123. 123? That adds up to six. That's my lucky number. Really? Yeah. Always number six. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was meant to be. That is so cool. That's a great start. One plus two equals three. That is a great start. Segways me perfectly. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 123 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, here with this week's co-host, whose lucky number is one plus two equals three. Kay, welcome to the podcast. Hiya, thanks for having me. Is there any reason why it's the number six? Has that come from anywhere? Um, okay, this is quite a long story, but it's quite superstitious and I'm from Thailand, so we're pretty superstitious there. Um, but it's a number that belongs to the Hindu goddess, Kali. And um, it's always a number that I'm kind of, uh, my life is based around that, like I live in flat number 24, which adds up to six. My postcode is six. My um, student room numbers are six. They put me in the wrong, like the wrong building, but it was still number six. So I just feel a bit like, yeah, it's kind of cool to know that this this um, episode is it adds up to number six. I love it. Is it like a, a bit of affirmation when something that you do has the number six attached to it? You're like, okay, this is a good yes. sign. This is a good thing. <laughs> I don't know if you're like that as well, but yeah, definitely. When I know that something adds up to number six, I'm like, yes, that's a good start. If it doesn't, then I'll be like, maybe. (laughs) I love it. Well, I think that's a good sign because both to us and to people listening, it's just a sign that we're going to have a great time and it's going to be a great episode to listen to. So cool. I'm here for that. Shall we kick off with a little bit of high low or low high as it often ends up as? Uh, I was saying to you before we hit record... Low high often reaches the most simple of pleasures and also the the greatest achievements. So it's always fun to see where we go with it. Uh, What would be your current low? My current low is probably trying to, like, it's really hard for me to try to switch off when I have so much going on. And I Mm. think, actually, I work really hard, but just within the last two weeks, I feel like my brain is just going so fast that I feel like I need to meditate (laughs) and I normally don't feel like that. So that's probably like, yeah, the low part of, you know, when you own a business and you feel like it's really hard to completely switch off. Mm, And it's everywhere. There's no escape in a way. Yeah. (laughs) That's sounding too dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Honestly, I think it would be the same. I hate it when I'm like, oh yeah, same high low, but same vibe. I was saying to you before we hit record, I had a workshop that I was hosting this morning, which realistically is so not like a new and scary thing for me, but I just got it in my head. Like, this is really scary and this is going to be awful. Mm. And then when you know it's coming the whole week, it feels like this countdown to it. And then the night before trying to fall asleep, just like reciting it and thinking of ideas for it and then did it and was like, oh, that went well. Cool. How (laughs) underwhelming. We're done. And it's kind of just one of those weeks. Like there's just quite a few things extra this week where I don't know about you when you when I'm in my comfort zone of just like coaching and recording and and content. I'm like, oh, this is chill. Mm -hmm. But then you add some stuff in that's a little bit new or pushes you a bit more. And I'm like, oh, this is quite tiring. And that's Mm -hmm. when I find it's the like can't sleep or just, yeah, feeling a bit more stressed than usual. But I do think that's in the air at the moment. Yeah. Oh, you struggle. You struggle to sleep. I think like once I'm asleep, I'm good, but it's the like getting to sleep and then the waking up part. So Mm -hmm. I'll have 
I'll wake up at like 5am and think that I've slept until midday. And be wow. like, I've missed the whole thing. And I'm like, Alice, you don't sleep until midday at the best of times, like as if you've just done that. <laughs> but it's hard, isn't it? Because you're trying to escape something that's just in your head all the time. Mm-hmm. What I find quite useful as well, though, because um, I never struggle to sleep. So I, I do this, the breathing countdown. So you kind of, you breathe in for like, and then count to five and then pause for three seconds. And then you breathe out um, seven seconds. And I feel like I do that three times and I'm, and then I'm gone. <laughs> you wake up like last thing I remember was that first breath. <laughs> yeah, basically. So yeah, I highly recommend trying that. That might be helpful. Mm, I like that. It's good to know what helps. I often try the whole like, thinking through my body top to toe and like relaxing Mm. you sometimes don't realize do you that you're like holding all of this stress and pressure and then when you think through you're like okay let's just chill out Mm -hmm. and then sometimes that works although I did hear that there's a Harry Styles sleep meditation that's just come out oh yeah what is it so uh I don't know I need to find which app it's on I thought it was on calm so when I was falling asleep last night I like went to my calm app like okay I'm gonna be fine Harry was not there so I'm going to find it somewhere. We'll do some exploring. We'll do. We'll find it. What would your high be? My high, I actually was speaking to one of my team members this week when I was feeling really overwhelmed and I feel like, you know, I'm just going around in circle. And I think as, you know, like when you have a team and sometimes when you're the founder of the company, you feel like you need to know everything and you need to like delegate and know exactly what to say to your team members. And I kind of just said, look, I just it's the first time I'm like, I feel really overwhelmed. Like, can we do something about it together? And then, mm. you know, my, uh, one of my team members, Vanessa was like, why don't you share the file with me? And then I can have a look through and we can do it together. And I just feel like it, it just makes everything so much better. And I feel really blessed to have, you know, my team who just kind of gets it. I mean, not kind of, who gets what we are doing and who's really understanding and really supportive. So yeah, that would be my high. That's amazing. Because it's kind of that moment, isn't it? Where it's like, okay, I don't need to be holding and carrying and figuring this all out on my own. There are other people there. And it seems like they responded in the way that you would hope and dream a team to respond of like, it's all right, we got this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What about you? What about your high? love that. I love that you're just asking it back. Usually I just have to like force myself to then share, but you're just <laughs> taking over the hosting. I'm just so keen. Like, what's your high? Because you couldn't share with me before you start recording. I know that really made it seem like it was uh, going to be dramatic, wasn't it? I was like, no, I just don't want to, <laughs> you know, ruin the surprise when we get to it. I think my high would have to be, and it's a bit of a like high that could be a low, but I'm going to choose for it to be a high, mm. which is the month off in August is approaching. Yes. I heard about this. For so long, it's been a like, in August, and August has always felt like about six months away. Yeah. And then suddenly a couple of weeks ago, I was like, it's not six months away. It's quite soon. So I guess the low that could be within that is just trying to wrap tons of stuff up Mm -hmm. in prep for it and just constantly feeling like I'm going to forget something, get to the 1st of August and be like, damn it, that Mm. person didn't know or that project didn't get finished. But realistically, everything is underway to be done by the end of this month. And although I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do for a full month without work, I'm very ready just to stop for a bit. Feeling, Feeling the tiredness right now. Yeah. I mean, did you plan this before the lockdown or when did you plan your holiday? Yeah, like September last year. Whoa. I don't know why, because I, well, I do know why. I My friend and website designer, Kat, she does a month off every year. And I remember just thinking that was such a like, 
ideal thing to do. And I was mm. like, oh, one day. And then I was like, well, why not now? Because August is a really quiet time in my business anyway. Yeah. And it always freaks me out because it's so quiet. So I was like, well, let's just take the month off. And then little did I know it was going to be the very needed month off because this year's just been intense, right? Yeah. Mm. How about you? Do you have time off scheduled? I did last year, but this year I just feel like, you know what? I'm, I'm like probably one of those people who, when I found out about the lockdown, I was like secretly quite happy about it. <laughs> it's like my, my confession, I think because I always work so hard. So when the lockdown happened, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get some rest. Like, you know, I'm going to read my books and all that stuff. But then I still didn't get any time off because we've got you know our corporate bookings and then it's just kind of yeah let's go let's carry on so yeah I, I don't know. have I don't have anything booked in and now you're saying that you're off in August my birthday is in August and I'm actually working on my birthday Come <laughs> on, okay. I know make some time I know off. it's Happen. just I I now realize I you know what I need to book like a week off and just do it properly yes no one's going to book time off for you. No one makes rest happen, right? We're the only one that can yeah. do it. But however, you're saying you're having a full month off. Have you ever done that before? No. <laughs> the most I've done, like actually off work is Christmas, mm. which I was saying to Emily, is quite an easy time to take time off because everyone else is off. No one else wants anything from you because they're not doing work yeah whereas this is my first time I've gone away in the year before but I've still always been on email accessible to clients this will be the first time ever that it's like I'm completely gone whoa Goodbye. can you do that like well, I don't know we'll have to wait would you see. be would you be tempted to check your emails oh yeah big time not because, like, I don't really get that interesting emails. Like, the world's not going to stop turning because I'm not going to reply to an email, right? Like, mm -hmm. my business isn't not saving lives. But I think it's a curiosity thing and probably a bit of an anxiety thing as well of I'd actually, I know it's not best better for me, mm. but I'd prefer the idea of just checking them and knowing that there's nothing there that I'm missing or that's going wrong mm -hmm. than to come back on September 1st to... I don't know how much going on. Yeah. But also I think I've banged on about taking this month off for so long that I think most people will know. So I can't imagine yeah. it's going to be yeah. going to be too awful. But if you receive something, would you then reply your email or would you not? And then would you mark to reply in September? Uh, all the details. I know. I don't know. I was really curious <laughs> because I think I really struggle like with myself last year when I was off and I was like, you know, you see the email and you're like, do I reply now or do I just... Mm act like I'm still on a holiday and I shouldn't be replying any emails you know what I mean I know I think it is quite humbling isn't it to realize how non-urgent so much of what we do is mm. so I probably even if I think I could reply to this you know if they just want something quick from me realistically it's probably better just to put my boundaries in place and not respond until the first of September than yeah. to cross my boundary teach myself that that's something I'm allowed to do yeah. To, you know, teach other people that those boundaries aren't strict yeah. and actually just make it happen. But that is very idealistic. You're going to have to, I mean, send me an email in August, wait and see. <laughs> Be like, Alice, reply to this if you're looking at your emails. <laughs> but also Emily comes back two weeks before me. She's off for two weeks instead of four. Mm -hmm. So it's technically only two weeks that nothing will get seen and then Em will come in and mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll probably text her and be like, everything all right? You're like, yeah, the world's still turning. You're just not working. And I'm like, oh, damn it. First. Oh, that'd be nice though. August is, mm. God, August is next month. 
I know. Yeah, like four weeks. But I think you should look to to book that time off as well. September. Because I think you are not the only one that went into lockdown. Like, oh, everyone's saying it's going to be so restful and chilled. And sure, some people, if you've maybe been furloughed or work's been a bit more chilled, like it has mm. been that way. Yeah. But I don't know any business owner that's like had a had a holiday over lockdown. I think it's been pretty intense. Mm, for sure, yeah. You've done a lot. So today's conversation starter is around and is actually inspired by you and I. I think it was a Friday, like 4 p.m. Pretty sure I had a G&T. We were just having a good old chat about business and about life. And I did the thing that I always do when I have an interesting conversation and go, we should have this on the podcast. Let's talk about it there. (laughs) So we're going to have a chat about why we're all making it up as we go along and the very unglamorous behind the scenes that exists in all of our businesses because I think it's very easy isn't it when you're starting out and even once you're quote-unquote established to assume that no one else is making stuff up or figuring stuff out as they go along as much as you are Mm -hmm. but I would definitely say the more I run my business the more I meet other people the more I coach people the more I realize like oh no we are all just figuring this out as we go along Mm -hmm. and there's no kind of magic secret that anyone else has got even though that's what that's what we might think. But taking it to the first part of that conversation starter, making it up as we go along, I think it's interesting that both of our businesses started from quite accidental circumstances. You know, we didn't wake up one morning and go, I'm going to be a business owner. Here's the idea. Here's the business plan. Here's the five-year goal. Let's, let's make this happen. Maybe that's what we would have now, but at the start, that definitely wasn't the case. So can you give people a bit of context? How did Leafage first begin? What's the story behind kind of how you got to where you are now? Yeah, so actually Leave It began quite a while ago. I moved to London and I was like kind of, you know, just living for the weekend. And I was, I just feel a bit like, you know, my life's made more, more to this. So I started like attending business events and creative events and just kind of learning about business. Because growing up from a, from a family that like all of my parents are business owners my brother is and I'm the only one who's the creative artist one and I kind of like oh maybe I can I can start a business but I never really took it seriously until my dad passed away um from a heart attack god in when was that 2016 and that really really changed the way that I see things and the way that I live my life and I kind of realized that life is like just really uncertain because he passed away and I was living living and working in London. So by the time I flew back, he was already gone. It's just like really surreal to see your parents not moving. You know, I always like had this picture Mm. and it's just so weird. I feel like it's just a flashback. So I, I was ready to do something that's a bit more meaningful. Working as a graphic designer, I really love what I was doing, but I really long for that like human connection and I was really drawn to being around nature so for me it was kind of like a perfect combination it just kind of came to me so yeah I started leaving just by teaching my friends and my my first mentor how to make a miniature garden that's like self-sustained perfect for people who live in the city of London with no garden so yeah it's kind of it's just grown organically from there but mm. it's um I really think it's a it's a good start to kind of start the business that way because, you know, I never really planned to be a business owner. So, yeah. Yeah. I think when a business starts quite 
quote unquote accidentally, it brings an edge to the business, I think, where there's a ton of heart behind it mm. because you it's not because you woke up one morning and thought, you know, I want to be my own boss. I want to make tons of money. I mean, spoiler alert, if, if anyone runs a business for that, then mm. have fun. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't come from what it's going to get you. I guess what I'm saying is it comes from a place of what you can give. Yeah. You know, you started your business just because you thought, hey, you know, I've I've realized that life's a bit too short not to just give things a go. Mm. This is something that I really love and believe in. Let's just see if it's something that people want. Yeah. And I feel like that more, I want to say wholesome, if that's the right word, kind of reason for starting a business is really powerful because that's the thing that I think for it to be true really makes a business powerful and makes mm. people connect with it and makes it really resonate with people is when it comes from that place. Yeah. I guess the negative which I'm sure we've both experienced is that then all of the business learning comes in afterwards and it's that kind of shock of like oh okay there's a ton of stuff I didn't know here Mm. but yeah I don't know if you would reflect that that feels true for you where actually it's starting in that quite organic way has almost made it what it is now yeah I definitely think well I mean lots of our you know like lots of our guests always said that they really they really um appreciate me sharing the stories and make it really authentic and I think you just get the trust from from your guests or from the audience or whoever you speak to but it's not because you're trying to get their trust it's just because you're just telling them how it is and I think it's so true when you're not just like making up things to kind of win people over but you're just sharing Mm -hmm. your story and just being open and being vulnerable um so I think that's just how I I would like to run the business, just being really open about yeah how we start. And I think it's, there's more to it as well than just like, oh yeah, this is what we do, but there's nothing more to it. I'm not saying like everyone needs to have like a dramatic story, but you know, as human, I think we love, we love listening to stories and, and reason why people do what, what they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely that reason why I think that really, resonates with people you know and we're thinking about marketing it's really storytelling and the best way to get a business out there is to look at the story of how it came to be and not you know use every detail because like you said we've not all got these stories I mean I don't think anyone looks at their own story and goes this is such a dramatic (laughs) hard-hitting emotional brilliant story like oh my gosh this is amazing like no one feels that way about their own story right Mm. but there are elements of your story you're being everyone listening and kind of how your business came to be that I think you can pick out the right bits and then use that in a way where like you said it really creates connection with people Mm. that idea isn't it people don't people connect way more with what you do when they understand why you do it yeah and I think when a business comes from a place of why before what actually it sets itself up for something quite impactful because you've always got that thing there that people can then you know, know it by or connect with. Yeah. I was going to say, um, although saying that it's, I suppose the next challenge for us is, you know, how do we make sure that our team members kind of feel included in what we do and not just, you know, not the, f- the focus is not just on the founder. I think that's the next challenge that I'm trying to overcome with, you know, a brand strategist or the next step to leafage. So yeah, I think that that's what I was going to say. I don't want yeah. like, the whole focus just be on me and I want it to be like about other people as well. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, how do you turn the why, which often is very us and very, mm. you know, insular into a why that then 
can build a business that's bigger than just you, doesn't rely on you for the business to exist and connects with other people rather than just constantly being like, hey, tell the story of Kay. Like, this is how she started. But actually, I guess it's using that as a springboard and then figuring out the right message that uses that, Mm -hmm. but not relying on it. Yeah. That's an interesting one. There are challenges, aren't there, with every approach. It's never like, oh yeah, that's the perfect way to do it. There's no weaknesses in that any approach is always going to have something within it that's a bit of a sticking point where Mm -hmm. when you get to it, you just have to figure it out, don't you? Of like, okay, how do we navigate this in a way that still keeps that there? Yeah, do you you feel like that sometimes with your business because you're kind of like the face of your company? Yeah, I guess I'm conscious that the business, it would be a, a tough move to try and move the business away from people's connection point being with me. You know, there is this kind of like glass glass ceiling if I can say that in my business because I I'll become a bottleneck at some point I think for now I'm okay with that because I'd find it really difficult to know okay how do I take Alice Benham and turn that into a more corporate brand I think that would be taking away a lot of the things that actually makes the business what it is so I think for now it's just figuring out okay with me having limited time how do I give away all of the stuff that doesn't need to be done by me so the business can still grow with me as the face of it yeah but yeah it's a, I think I've like overcome it to an extent where now I'm doing group programs and Emily and I've got another team member coming on board and doing stuff that I don't need to do but I'm sure that in six months a year's time I'll reach the same bottleneck of like okay we need another business model that that helps this grow but I don't think, yeah, it's a constant evolution, isn't it? I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a one-time fix. Yeah, I suppose that's just for you to decide, isn't it? But I know that I love your content. So for me, it's like, oh my God, Alice, like post something, I'll check it out. So <laughs> yeah, it might be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how your business will then transform in, you know, in the next six months or a year or two, mm. for sure. Yeah. I do think I've got a client actually who's got a um, corporate brand in the sense of, you know, it's not their face and their name. And I often say to them, like, I do think life is a bit harder when it's not a personal brand. And I don't mean that's a negative. I don't think that's a reason not to build a more corporate brand like Leafage. I say corporate. I just mean like it not being a person's face and name. Mm. But I always would say, like, I do think it is easier to build a personal brand than a non-personal brand because you don't have to generate or create any of that humanity or personality it's already there because it's just you so I guess the weaknesses of a personal brand being that it's more limited kind of makes sense to me because they're almost easier to build with whereas I think if you can really put in the work and the strategy to build a non-personal brand that's obviously way more scalable you know you can sell that business you can do a lot more with it but I think you pay the price for that because it's a lot harder to build yeah I'm sure you can resonate with I think I suppose like, you know, if you think about Lewis Howes or Tony Robbins, they still use their company as their name, right? And Mm. everyone kind of buys into them because, you know, they like who those guys are. So I'm I'm assuming your business is the same. So I don't, maybe you don't need to like shift the focus. It would be interesting to see how it would transform in the next six months to 12 months, yeah. (laughs) In the future, I'll throw you on that front. So once you started that and it was, I don't want to say accidental, but I guess you were just following your interest and seeing what happened. Mm -hmm. Was there a moment where you were like, okay, this now feels like it's turning into a business or was that like a slow shift from I'm just trying this out on my friends to, okay, this is now something I want to take seriously and I want to try and scale this? 
Well, I was doing leafage alongside my full time, and then it was when I applied to kind of like switch my visa from work to business, and that's the real shift. It was, I wouldn't say accidental, but kind of it was such a fast shift. I basically handed in my notice, and I was out that day, and I was doing leafage. <laughs> oh my I was gosh! Not, I was not ready. I I literally like applied for. A, for the visa thinking, you know, it's going to be like six months. I don't know when I'm going to get this. I don't even know if I will get it because it's such a niche business, right? Um, but I kind of need to have a visa to stay here. But yeah, I got granted the visa and I was out that day. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, now I, I have this. Um, I have this full time. Yeah. I guess you're like running on adrenaline. And then there must have been that moment where you walked out the building or arrived home and were like, oh damn like I this is what I've just done I had a workshop that night as well so I, I I left my office and I got home got all my stuff and went to host a workshop and I yeah I just kind of cracked on but yeah that did was, you say anything or you just I did I did tell my it. I did tell my guests and I was just like oh my god guys it's like the first official workshop that I'm doing full-time I'm, I'm working on leafage full-time now so we had a little celebration but then yeah it just life just carried on and I feel like that's the thing with the the way that I work I feel like it's always fast paced and I think sometimes you know what when I, I'm going fast paced I feel like I'll just tell my partner Tony I'll just be like you know what let's just make a terrarium and like take the time to like rest because we keep telling people to reconnect with ourselves and with nature and I you know, like doing, owning a business, you're always like, go, 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 go. So um, yeah, sometimes we would do a bit of indoor gardening at home or going for an exercise just to kind of stop thinking about work all the time. Mm. And you mentioned earlier on in the conversation, I think we touched on it Mm. of like, I think when your business goes through that tipping point of, okay, this has gone from it might be, you know, I don't want to say a hobby, but I guess just something you're exploring and interested in to, Mm -hmm. okay, this is now a business. I love that you have such a clear moment as well of like, got the visa, quit the job, this is now a business. (laughs) Talk about defining moment. (laughs) Then there's so much learning to be done, right? Mm -hmm. Because you you almost step into the business before you've done any of the necessary, or you know, you've done some of it, but we've never done all of it. Mm -hmm. The kind of learning and planning and everything else that's then needed to go, okay, I knew how to just try this, but now I need to relearn all of these skills to then run and sustain a business yeah how did you find I mean I feel like I'm still in that stage four years on but how did you find that in those early days I'm a doer than a thinker so I think for me it's like oh I have this idea let's try it and I think that's the best way because I think now like I think when you you know when it's three years on you kind of feel a bit like oh I should spend more time planning before I start doing but I think that's also a problem because you spend so much time thinking about it but I think the way that I operate leafage from the beginning was just like, oh my God, like, yeah, I want to do this. Let's give it a try. Follow my my curiosity really and just trying it out. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you know straight away instead, instead of like spending six months just planning. So, so yes, yeah, so to answer your question, how I grow leafage is just try it out as soon as possible. And if I struggle, then I reach out to my friends or a mentor and then ask, it's, yeah, I ask a lot of questions to my mm. friends. I love it though, because it's so simple of like, 
yeah, of course I didn't know all of the things. We never mm. know all of the things. I take action. I realize that even if that action succeeds or fails, it's still progress. Mm-hmm. And if I have questions as I go, I ask them. Like, yeah. I know in practice it doesn't feel that linear and clear, but there's no, I guess it's it's hopefully comforting to people. And I know it's comforting to me whenever I hear it to know there's no like magic secret or formula that we're missing out on that we're Mm -hmm. all just trying to take the next step and none of us really know if the next step is the right one yeah we're all just trying to figure out if it is or isn't and then learning as we go yeah do you do that with your business as well or do you kind of plan a little bit more now that you're a bit more established well I guess the more you run your business the more you get to Mm. know it right so in the early days I couldn't have sat down and thought what am I going to do in the next six months because I didn't even know what I wanted the business to be, let alone, you know, what was possible or what people wanted Mm -hmm. from me. So definitely the early days, I really resonate with what you're saying of like just doing. Like there's no right step. The only right step is some form of Mm -hmm. a step. At least that's, I think, how I found it. And being really willing just to make mistakes and learn as you do that, I think is important. But I definitely now I'm probably a tiny bit more of a planner, but only because I have more knowledge of the business. Mm -hmm. And I know what works, but I try to notice when I'm allowing the kind of over planning to actually get in the way of taking action. Because I think a lot of the time we're kind of getting in our own way by being like, oh, I need a proper plan in place. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no, you're probably going to find the best plan just by trying one rather than waiting for the perfect one to happen. How do you know of your over planning, though? Is there like a threshold for you? I don't, I think gut instinct. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's too vague of an answer, but... Yeah, I just think you don't know, you don't fully know until you try. Mm-hmm. I think the more you run your business, the stronger your gut instinct gets of what's going to work and what isn't and what might be the right next step. I feel like I'm a lot better at taking risks and gambles now than I was four years ago. But yeah, I don't think you ever truly know. I've had ideas or thoughts where I've been like, yeah, so, so sure this is going to be the one. And then we do it and I'm like, yeah, not the one. <laughs> yeah it hurts it hurts when it doesn't work (laughs) especially when you've got a team and you like hype everyone up and you're like guys this is it we've got this I've I've been thinking of how we should solve this for months I've come up with it and then you know the second you launch it or do it oh you you have that gut feeling of like yeah that didn't work (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah I yeah I know how you feel part of the process though right yeah I mean how do you get over it avoid that (laughs) no that's the thing I'm like I think I was always waiting for the moment where that cycle would stop repeating itself mm-hmm. of like, take some form of action, possibly learn a mistake, learn from it, take a more informed piece of action, learn another thing, do it. Like, I think that for me feels like a constant thing to be going through. And I guess the more you get used to that cycle and the more you learn there isn't, there's no magic information that's going to allow you to do something risk-free. Yeah the easier it gets to do it the next time. Because you're like, well, we've been doing this for two years now, so mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just keep sure. going with it. How do you find things now, like looking at your business? Because I know something that is hard is that with something like social media, we're constantly looking at the kind of outward view of other people's businesses and how shiny they are and all the great mm. stuff that's going on. But obviously we see the behind the scenes of our businesses and all mm-hmm. of the exactly like we've just talked about mess and question marks and everything else do you find that a tough thing at all like with your approach just being pretty like we're just going to go for it and see do you ever find yourself assuming that other people 
have got it all figured out or are you pretty good at just keeping your head down? I always, um, I don't really look at what other people are doing. I, I think I post a lot of things on the, on my personal Instagram, but I find it like, you know, if you keep checking what other people are doing, you're just going to make yourself feel really, I don't know if you can swear, but not great. Um, yeah, you just make <laughs> yourself allowed. feel shit. But I think it's, it's really important to screen what you consume because if you try to compare yourself and look at what other people are doing and how they're doing it better than you, it's not really going to be beneficial for you. So for me, I just kind of focus on what we're doing and then speak to the team and be like, okay, is this working? Is this not working? And then let's just focus on us. And I think that's, that's the main thing. You know, you can't just compare yourself to other people when they've been operating more than you or even if it's less than you maybe they they might have more money they might have more resources labels or time but yeah I think just compare yourself to yourself and I think that's the best way and that's how I kind of deal with it even though sometimes I do compare myself to other people but then I would just say it um out loud and then like to someone else to my friends whatever and then they'll be like you know just kind of like reassuring me be like you know what you're great but yeah I, I don't know if you do the same but you know oh sometimes gosh. you kind of need that Fully. <laughs> I think we all would be lying if we said we never experienced that mm. like comparison or I guess within comparison it's really questioning our ability to do things because we think that other people know it better than us or we're less equipped than them or whatever else. And I guess, yeah, it's not that you don't ever experience those feelings, but it's that you know how to walk yourself through it. So it's not crippling. It doesn't stop you taking action. But I think as well, the more you run a business, you might be able to see like, oh, people could look at my business and make these assumptions, but oh, because I'm not showing them everything that's going on behind the scenes because that's just not feasible Mm -hmm. and they just wouldn't be able to understand that. Yeah. Oh, I can get that. And I can probably assume that other people have a similar behind the scenes too. I think we just assume, don't we? Like, oh, well, everything I see is shiny. So they're just smashing it. And we forget like, well, people might think that way about the things that I would create and share online. Yeah. And flip an act, they don't know the amount of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I kind of wish more people would share more behind the scene. So, Mm. but then even just like looking at you, for example, I feel like you're smashing and I feel like you probably know everything and for me I find it really hard for you to say oh my god like you do struggle because from the outside it's like oh my god Alice know it all how could she struggle Mm, but that's like my whole point right is that we're comparing our our behind the scenes to someone else's highlights reel Mm. and it's hard I think even though we know like I look at my business and I see the inside of it and I know how much there is within that that isn't glamorous or shiny and is tough and as much as I can make an effort to share online the honest quote-unquote you know reality of running a business I think you do have to realize like it's always going to look different to the way that it actually is and if I feel like my business might be doing that and you're saying it does that for you then I guess that helps me when I then compare myself to other people because I'm like Mm. well it must be the same for them but it's weird isn't it it's yeah, if it helps my businesses, yeah. bit of a mess sometimes. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the hardest part? I mean, the most challenging part running your business. I would say trusting that you know what's right. I just think building a business is so, at least for me, it's mm. so much gut instinct, 
and just realizing like there are 10,000 ways to build a business, but the only one that matters to me is my own. But mm-hmm. there's still 9,999 other ways that I can get confused by or I can look at and compare myself to. And I love that there's so many ways to do it, but I kind of wish there was one perfect way. So I knew I was doing it the right way. Because yeah, I think you do question yourself a lot when you run a business because there's no one there that tells you like you're doing a good job well done carry on you've got to be the one that does that and in the moments where you're doubting yourself there's there's a lack of evidence sometimes to tell you that it's working (laughs) but you just got to trust it right yeah I know oh my god I'm so glad you feel the same way I feel like you're you're saying everything that I feel and it's just so nice to hear that because yeah sometimes you kind of question yourself and you're like am I even good enough to run a business Mm -hmm. and then yeah, I have actually said that a few times to my partner, like, you know, during the lockdown, I feel like, God, everyone is achieving things and doing so much better than me. Like, am I even good enough to do this? Uh-huh. But I think it's just on a bad day, you know, when you just feel really low and then you're kind of like, you just think, okay, what's the point? Why am I working so hard? This is not going anywhere. Yeah, Literally, Mm. Kate, you're so not on your own. I was crying (laughs) like two nights ago. I don't know why I keep crying so much at the moment. It's Mm. not even like sob crying, you know, and you just have like this silent tear whilst mine's like, I'll be just watching Desperate Housewives and just like one tear comes down and I'm like, why am I I so upset? But I completely feel you. I was literally texting my friends a couple of nights ago when I was having that bit of a cry and I was like, Mm. sometimes I just actually don't want to run this business. Like sometimes Mm. I just think, why am I doing this? Who qualified me to do this? I don't want to do it. It's too much responsibility. It's too scary. Nah, Mm. I don't want to do it. But I think that's quite normal. I don't know. I think that's part of the process. I mean, you think that, but would you want to go back and work for someone else? Well, yeah, exactly. I know that none of those things are actually true, right? (laughs) Yeah, you're like, oh, maybe not. (laughs) I know. But sometimes it does just get a bit too much, doesn't it? And Mm -hmm. that's okay. And that doesn't mean that we don't, want to do what we do and that doesn't mean that we don't deserve it it doesn't mean that we're a bad business owner it just means that sometimes it's all a bit overwhelming and that constant like push of confidence and self-belief is sometimes quite exhausting I think especially when you're yet to see the results come back it can just feel quite tiring of like seriously Mm. we're still doing this but it doesn't stop right because if you want to take a break then you you might not be earning anything if you want to take a break. So it's very different. You don't have a salary guaranteed. Mm -hmm. You're kind of like, well, unless you build a structure that your business can run without you and you can go on a holiday for like two years. Dream it. That's great. I'll do that anytime. (laughs) I don't think, yeah, I don't think I'm at that point yet. I don't know about you, but yeah, it's kind of like, God, I feel a bit shit. Um, let me get some rest and then tomorrow it's a new day. Let's go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's a constant cycle of that. I don't mm. know if I don't know if that ends. Maybe it does. Maybe in five years' time we'll listen back to this conversation and be like, oh, if only they knew. Like maybe there's a you know a magic tipping point where that stops. But I think from what I see of the people I work with in my own business, that is like that's the cycle that everyone's on of just, mm. you know, level every time you level up you've got to level up your belief of yourself and that Mm -hmm. can be tiring and that can be hard to do. And it's kind of that constant cycle of like, okay, push to the next level, do what we need to do to support ourselves as we do that. But I think if we always stayed comfortable, we wouldn't be running businesses. So it's part of the the process. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's an exciting part of the process. Sometimes that's 
a bit boring. <laughs> or just like, oh, seriously, <laughs> still feels this way. But believe it or not, and I know no one ever believes this, like people will feel the exact same way about you and your business. And for people listening, it will be the same. We never think that what the way we see others would be the way that others see us, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. But putting it into that context maybe then helps you to be like, oh yeah, just like people would look at Leafage and think like, that's such a cool, great, amazing, established business. But you know all of the things, like you're literally <laughs> laughing as I say those words. Uh, but it's true. But you would know everything that that sits next to, you know, it doesn't diminish the positive stuff. It just says, okay, stuff is positive, but there's also a lot going yeah. on as that happens. Yeah. I think you can then just apply that thinking whenever you look to other people because you go, oh, okay, well, it must be the same for them. Yeah. You just never really think like that though. Like sometimes no. when you look at them, you, you don't really think anything negative about them. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's just good to remind ourselves to to see two sides of the stories, not just the positive side. Yes, absolutely. And I guess that's on, I love what you said about like screen what you consume. I think as consumers, mm. it's on us to make sure that we're consuming in a way that's healthy for us. But then it's also worth considering as creators, which we all are, you know, mm -hmm. if you show up online with one follower, you're a creator, then how do you share responsibly in a way where, you know, you can't, you can't make sure that people never do that comparison or see things in a warped way. Mm -hmm. But I think you can share in an honest way where if they look for it, they can see the hardship and the challenge and the everything else that sticks alongside mm -hmm. the shiny stuff. Yeah. So I guess it's a dual thing of like, be careful of what you consume, but also be careful of how you share because the way you consume other people's stuff that might affect you negatively could happen with the way that you create. I feel like yeah. I should say something to that, but I was just like, that's such a, such a good point. I just agree. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, yeah you're I right. I appreciate that. That's very kind. <laughs> Shall we move on to our quick fire question to end the episode? Yeah, sure. I didn't know about this, so... <laughs> I know, I just like to spring it on people. Um, I'm just gonna do one today cause this one was actually on my mind cause it's an Instagram caption I'm currently writing. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I wanna get Kay's thoughts before I put that out there. And I think it's an interesting one with kind of the time of year to have a think about. So I wanna ask you, what is something the lockdown has done for you or your business, which you don't think would have happened if it weren't for this time? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, Do you want me totally to share mine while she think of yours? Uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Okay, I'll share like a surface level one and then maybe a more like significant one. So mm. surface level one would be, I have stopped spending so much money in the business on food and snacks and Ubers and Nando's and Sainsbury's <laughs> meal deals, which my accountant and Emily and my savings account are oh so grateful for. And probably my more significant thing that I'm grateful to lock down for which to clarify to people, this isn't me being like, lockdown's been a positive, but I guess trying to see in the forced adaptation, what positives we can glean from how our businesses have adapted would probably be that I think I've learned a lot about what I want the business to do for me in terms of, oh, maybe I don't want a business that has me traveling around all the time or in and out of London or doing tons of in-person stuff. Mm -hmm. Actually, maybe what's important to me about this business is a lot more about it giving me flexibility and free time and not working into the evenings and not working weekends and kind of always being stretched in that regard. So I think it's been good. And I feel like 
that's not something I would have realized if it weren't for me to kind of stop doing all of that stuff by force. Because I think mm-hmm. I thought that was all the stuff I enjoyed. But actually when it was taken away, I was like, ah, that was kind of just taking up a lot of my time and it was quite stressful. I quite yeah. like the business now that I'm just sat at home all the time. How about for you? What would be something that if it weren't for lockdown, you don't think you would have done or realized? I think the lockdown really made me feel like it's okay to not go a hundred miles all the time with your business and to actually take the step to work on the foundation and building the structure, the structure for the business. And I think, yeah, the first the first two and a half years running Leafage, I was like, oh my God, let's go. Let's make more sale. Let's just do it. But now it's kind of like, hey, let's take a step back. Um, let's work on our brand strategy. Let's work on our culture. Let's work on the marketing strategy. All this stuff I've never done before mm. because I never had the time or because I never put it as a high priority on the list. Yeah. That stuff never feels urgent, right? It's never like, I need to do it. But once you start doing it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so important. Yeah. And like, even when I start doing this process, I'm still trying to like rush the process. But now I'm like, you know what? You don't need to rush anything. Nothing. It's not going to, yeah, nothing matters if your business is not running full speed right now. And I think that's so important. It's like, you know, if you think of the long the long term of how we run the business, if we're thinking about 10 years, you know, if you just take six months to work on a foundation and build the structure, that's going to be so much better for your business. And I think that's what I realized after lockdown happened. And I'm so grateful because I don't think this would happen. That's such a good one. I feel like that's a huge lesson in business that Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm constantly relearning of just how important that foundational work is. And the difference between the work that's important and urgent and important and not urgent, because so often or it's that matrix, isn't it? Between like important, urgent, urgent, not important, whatever, mm. uh, where we're often doing the stuff that's like most urgent, right? It's the stuff that's in our inbox. It's what our team needs from us. It's what mm. feels pressing. But often that's not the stuff that really moves the business forward. It's the work that's never at the top of the priority list, but makes mm. such a difference, which actually... Yeah moves things forward and sometimes you have to be forced I think to do that stuff and then realize how good it is to then value it on an Mm. ongoing basis yeah but I think like once you build that foundation it's going to be so much better in terms of you know if you're increase adding in products or services you have that foundation or that structure to just be like okay this really aligns with our values and what we do at leafage but if you don't you're kind of like all over the place and I think yeah, just spending time doing the foundation is so important. And I kind of wish we did this before. However, I feel like doing it after three years is okay because you already know what's working and what's not. Yeah, it's more informed, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think foundational work, you know, it's relevant at any stage. The most important Mm. thing is that you do it because exactly like you've recognized, like when you then have those strong foundations, it's it's like, you know, thinking of the actual foundations of a house and anything that you build on top of it, you know, is going to be strong and aligned and mm. the right fit for you. Whereas yeah. when we try and do the building without the foundations in place, like that's when things become a little bit, you know, out of alignment or maybe things just aren't as impactful as they can be. Mm-hmm. So those foundations, exactly like you've said, once you've got it, it's, you know, you're not going to have to keep doing this work. It's then just mm-hmm. coming back to them and tweaking them as yeah. you go. 
which I'm sure you're you, looking forward to when it's like you're done. <laughs> yeah, and when you work with someone who specialized in doing what they do, it's like, you know, when you see the work that you have created with that person, the strategist or whatever, it's like, wow, you know, I mean, it's worth an investment in itself. Because when you when you think, when you do it yourself and you're trying to figure it out, and then when you compare it with the the one that they've created for you, it's just incredible. So yeah, I I highly recommend anyone to give it a go. I love that. I'm all for it. So I'm glad that you've brought it back to foundation stuff and prompted mm. people to do the same because yeah, whatever stage you're at, if they don't feel good, the best time to sort them out is now. Well, the best time to sort them out is at the very start, but second best time <laughs> is whenever you realize you need to do the work, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that. Kay, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I found this very interesting, so I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'll leave all of your... Are you laughing at yourself? <laughs> Just feel awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how do I end this? <laughs> I'll link you and Leafage in the show notes so people can go and get connected and follow along. I feel like... This is just how we would chat if we were sat on a Zoom call with mm-hmm. a GNT on a Friday night. So I hope people have enjoyed listening in on it. Don't worry, you don't need to say anything now. <laughs> She's just mouthing at me like, do I need to do it? <laughs> just oh end with me, me saying this. <laughs> Sorry, Emily. 